Welcome to Q&A with Dr. K, a podcast by Mountain Pacific Quality Health, where we sit down with Dr. Doug Kunzweiler and get your health questions answered. Because on Q&A with Dr. K, the doctor is always in. This is Beth Brown, your host, and hello to Dr. Kunzweiler. Hello. Always a pleasure to get to talk with you. And today we're going to dive into our patient question, which is about pre-diabetes and diabetes. So here's the question. Diabetes runs in my family. My mom had it, my grandmother had it, and my brother currently has it. I have tested in out of pre-diabetes numbers, but continue to try to keep my blood sugar down with diet and exercise. Sometimes, though, I feel like this might be a lost cause. Is it inevitable that I will get diabetes at some point? So there's the question. So just a quick stat for you here, Dr. K. Um, I read that diabetes affects 415 million people worldwide, and that's according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or the CDC. So let's first start, what is diabetes? Well, there are a couple of different types, but in general, diabetes is failure of the body to control its blood sugar, the level of sugar in the bloodstream. Um, There are actually a number of different types. Um, The first type that we usually think about is what we used to call juvenile diabetes or type 1. And these are people who their their pancreas just quits making insulin. Insulin is a, a hormone that's made by the pancreas, floats around in our bloodstream after we eat a meal, and it helps sugar get into our cells so that our cells can use it as fuel. If the sugar can't get into those cells and the cells can't burn it, then the sugar level in the bloodstream just keeps mounting, and that has a whole variety of, of bad outcomes. That's the first type is where you don't have enough insulin. Type 2 diabetes, which is actually much more common, uh, is where your pancreas still makes insulin, but your cells don't use it very effectively. Uh, Your cells become somewhat resistant uh, to insulin. And the outcome is the same. Blood sugar rises and floats around and and can't get used. Um, And then there are a bunch of others that are not as common. There's gestational diabetes, which is elevated blood sugar only when you're pregnant. And that usually resolves after the baby is delivered. Uh, There are some people who are are sort of somewhere in between that they don't manufacture as much insulin as they should and their bodies are resistant to it. Those are sort of in-between type syndromes. Um, but that's, in a nutshell, it's an elevated sugar from a variety of causes. And so our patient's question mentions pre-diabetes. Where does that fall in, in there? Yeah, so pre-diabetes, um, there are, are people who are beginning to have resistance to insulin, and so their blood sugar is beginning to rise a little bit. The, the, there are some you know, uh, markers that are used uh, to determine uh, complete diabetes, and that has to do with uh, what your fasting blood sugar is in the morning before you eat anything. Uh, It has to do uh, with a a test called hemoglobin A1c, which is uh, sugar is attracted to red blood cells and it coats them. And if you look at the red blood cells and see how much sugar is coated on them, it gives you an idea of what the average blood sugar has been over the last few weeks. 
And if that's elevated, then that is diagnostic of diabetes. There's another test called the glucose tolerance test where uh, your provider will give you a known amount of sugar and then two hours later, uh, check the sugar in your bloodstream. And you, if everything's working right, your pancreas will kick out some insulin, that sugar will go into your blood cells and you won't have an elevated level. But if you have diabetes, it will be elevated. So in pre-diabetes, <clears throat> all of these tests are slightly abnormal, not high enough to diagnose definite diabetes, but high enough to be worrisome. And, and usually if you don't do something like diet and exercise or sometimes even medication, uh, you're going to go on and develop diabetes. So it's not inevitable, but you no, definitely... it's not inevitable at all. Uh, type 2 diabetes uh, does tend to run in families, uh, much more so than type 1. Uh, so I, I understand the question that, you know, my whole family has it. It looks like I'm going to get it too. Um, but, um, you know, that's, that's good. That's a, a warning sign. And what we know is that activity trumps genetics. So even though you may have the genetic background to get it, if you eat a healthy diet and you exercise regularly and you take care of yourself, you don't necessarily have to get diabetes. Okay. So are there symptoms? Can people recognize diabetes? Uh, yes and no. Type 1, usually, yes, because they don't have any insulin at all, and they usually get very sick, and this typically presents uh, at a young age, uh, school age, or early adulthood, but sometimes we'll see it uh, later in life. But those people, uh, because the sugar level is so high, the kidneys have to get rid of it, and it takes water to make urine, and so these people get very dehydrated. So they're passing urine all the time. They're dying of thirst. Uh, they get, uh, you know, into a, a shock state where they are so dehydrated that they, they get very, very sick. Um, that tends not to happen so much in type 2 diabetes. Uh, the same phenomenon is going on, but it goes on at a slower pace. And so it's not as easy to recognize. Um, but some other things that, that do show up, blurry vision, the high blood sugar kind of interferes uh, with how our lenses work in our eye. And so you can have some troubles with blurry vision, uh, headache, uh, fatigue, kind of vague symptoms, but uh, ones that you shouldn't ignore. So let's talk about trying to stave off prediabetes, which it sounds like that's a type 2 diabetes situation, not a type 1 right. diabetes. So right. you mentioned if you eat healthy, what does that look like as far as does it matter? Do you still eat the same way with type 1 or type 2? Um, I'm assuming at type 1 you're managing and maybe type 2 is prevention or managing. Yeah. Type 1, you know, you, you can take insulin and, and cover your diet. And so you can eat pretty much a well-balanced diet. Type 2, the, the devil, is carbohydrates, and you really have to cut down on carbs to control type 2 diabetes. In type 1, you can eat carbs in a reasonable amount as long as you cover it with insulin. Type 2 diabetics, um, that doesn't work out so well, and so you really have to watch your carbohydrate intake. Um, you know, you also, you want to eat healthy protein, you want to get a lot of fiber in your diet. So something like the Mediterranean diet that's heavy on vegetables and fruits, heavy on uh, uh, whole grains and pretty light on processed foods, very light on sugar and light on red meat. Uh, those are what, what is usually recommended. Okay, darn. 
Everyone loves carbs. I don't know somebody who does not love carbs. So that's a tough one. Um, so, you know, I talked about that 415 million people world, worldwide have diabetes. And I'm sure um, because the symptoms can be tricky, probably more than that, that don't know it. What are we doing here? Or are, is there something we can be doing that doctors can be helping with us? Why is this so prevalent? Uh, because of our lifestyle, I think. Um, yeah, type 2 diabetes is, is an industrialized country problem for the most part. Um, but as we see developing countries adapt a more Western diet, especially fast food diet, uh, we see it yeah. developing in other parts of the world as well. Makes sense. Um, it has to do with high sugar, highly processed foods, uh, highly sugary drinks, uh, and a more sedentary lifestyle. People aren't as active uh, as they get industrialized. We go everywhere in our cars. We don't walk as much as we used to. Yeah. So that leads to it. Okay, so we could all be eating better. We need to make sure we're staying active. We need to be careful about sugar, especially those tricky carbs. Are there other things that we should be doing to try to help stave off diabetes, either as mankind or just us as an individual? <laughs> uh, no, I, it's not rocket science. Yeah. Uh, okay. Watching how many calories you eat and burning them off by exercise is kind of the answer. Okay. How does diabetes affect you as you get older? Uh, it has a lot of negative effects. It, uh, it is very hard on your kidneys. And so one of the primary causes of people having kidney failure and having to go on dialysis is diabetes. Uh, it has very adverse effects on our heart and blood vessels. So it makes you at high risk for heart attack, high risk <coughs> excuse me, for stroke. And it also uh, is uh, detrimental for nerve function. So people lose sensation in their feet, in their fingers. And when you don't have sensation, then you, you tend to have injuries that you don't notice. So people get infections, especially in their feet. Turns into gangrene. They wind up having to have toes amputated, and feet amputated, legs amputated. So it's pretty devastating. Yikes. Oh, I neglected another one. Uh, it's, I mentioned it's hard on the heart and on blood vessels, and it's very hard on the tiny blood vessels in our eyes. And so a leading cause of blindness is, is diabetes that isn't carefully managed. And so sugar is the main cause. It does all that. Yep, it is. Okay, so that was hopefully scary enough for somebody to cut down how many Snickers bars or whatever they're eating a day. But where can people get more information about diabetes or pre-diabetes? Well, there is an American Diabetes Association, and it has a website that's quite good. Um, you can always, of course, talk to your primary caregiver because they should be familiar with uh, treating diabetes since it's so common. Um, the Mayo Clinic website has a lot of good information. Uh, the CDC website has a lot of good information about diabetes, Cleveland Clinic. So there's a, there's a lot of sources. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Dr. K. That's it. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We'll put some of those diabetes resources for you along with this episode. And if you have a question for Dr. K, please email us at Q&A with Dr. K at mpqhf.org. And that email address will be with this episode as well. Send us your questions. The doctor is always in. <laughs>